Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. I have a disclaimer for this episode. So here's the fine print. I had some audio issues, but we decided to go ahead and still release it because Greg is brilliant in it. (laughs) So forgive me as I learn this new system and I appreciate you listening. Hello, fellow leaders. Christine Courtney here once again with my colleague, my comrade in arms, Greg Shammy in the house. Hello, Greg. Hi, Christine. We are talking about the how of delivering more dynamic presentations, a topic that we get tons of requests and questions about all the time with a lot of the folks that we work with, no matter where they are in their career. If you're just starting to, if you're the CEO running an organization or you're a startup that has to get funding from investors, every person on the spectrum, any of this stuff is so valuable to getting better at. And so in the last episode, we talked about the why of delivering dynamic presentations, why train on it, why get better at it. If you haven't listened to that one, you might want to go back and listen, but this one, we're going to dip into some of the tricks and tips of the trade, actionable things that you can do to get better at this. I brought Greg in for this because not only do I just like hanging out with him, but also because he does this for so many companies. So many people bring him in to help them work on their pitches, help them work on their team meetings, coach them on how to get a little bit more confident in delivering their messages to their teams. Whatever it is, I guarantee you there is a time for you to do this. Whether it's you're presenting at a family memorial or a block party to a school event to whether you're presenting for a board or investors and everywhere in between, this is going to be valuable to you, right? Basically, when we're talking about delivering dynamic presentations, it's just about getting better at your communication skills in a different environment. So if you're communicating one-on-one with someone and the person's right here, that's one way to communicate. Then you have a team, you've got to communicate a little bit differently. Your audience, so to speak, becomes a little broader. And then when you have a big audience, people even more so. But it's all the same. It's about how you're communicating your best self. So today I have Greg here to talk about some of the elements that he talks to people about and helps train them and to get better at this. And hopefully you can try some of this stuff and let us know how it goes. Get back to us in the comment section with questions and maybe we can have a follow-up to this because this is such an important and well-researched topic that people are still questioning, like, how can I get better at this, right? Everybody, even if you're good at it, you want to get better at it. So welcome, Greg. Hey, thanks, Christine. Excited to be here. All right. So let's jump in because we promised people some actionable tips. So let's give them what do you call like the most important elements of any presentation, like of any presentation that you're getting to make it more dynamic? Okay. So we said we would get some structure here, right? So let's get into specific elements that we look at when we're trying to set someone up for success. So the first thing is the importance of hooking the audience, right? That they say it's like you have like eight to 15 seconds to capture your audience. They're making a judgment whether they like you or not in those first eight to 15 seconds. And so not to add more pressure to something that's already feels very pressurized, but it's important to know that people are 
their brains are making a decision right away. So we want to have a strong opening, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. We want it to be authentic. We want it to be real. And we want to grab them. We want to hook them. A lot of times, you know, if someone's doing a speech, I'll have them play around with starting with a question. That's a great way to get people into your talk. What do you think about this? Hypothetically, they don't have to answer. Obviously, you're speaking to them potentially, right? Or you could even break the wall and have them respond just by, you know, show of hands, raise your hand if you think, right? And suddenly you have audience participation and connectivity going. So what is one way you can start in a way that is going to grab your audience and hook them into you? And that's another part that we look at, like, what are the things that excite you about this? Because if you're excited, guess what? your audience is going to be excited. And so I'm always like talking to folks, like, for example, if they're giving a pitch on, say, for a fund or something that they're the the manager for, the portfolio manager, a lot of times they forget, they forget themselves and, and they forget their own passion about why they do what they do and how they've done it successfully for X amount of years. And I kind of want to get a flavor of that. I want a taste of like, what lights you up? Why are you doing this? How long you've been doing it for? And like, what are some of your things that make you special? Yeah, I love that. Because sometimes people think a hook, you know, has to be a joke, which sometimes if you're legitimately funny, and you've got a joke that is appropriate, it can be good. Sometimes it can seem like, you know, a little force, but even just a question can be great. Because I'm not a neuroscientist, but I play one on TV. (laughs) (laughs) And I will tell you that what happens when you ask those questions is that it makes the people in the audience immediately engage because their little brain cells wake up and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm needed here. It's not just that I'm a passive participant in what Greg is saying. I actually have to think. I have to do something. And so their brain wakes up. You get more engagement and therefore more memory and retention of what you're saying. So that's, I love that. Sometimes I forget that. It's easy as a question that you can start with. What else? What are some other hooks that are maybe, you know, a little more riskier up on the spectrum that you've seen work? Anything you can do, again, to highlight something that's special about you, about your your team, about your organization. If you are pitching to someone, I think those are key. You know, I always want to know who my audience is. That's another thing at the I'm in my pre- preparation. I'm like, who am I actually talking to? What's interesting to them? What are they looking for? Right? Those kinds of things always inform my prep of, of my presentation. And the other thing I've noticed in that first element is that people forget to f- kind of frame what they're doing for who they're presenting to. And I think that frame is really important. When I say frame, I mean just the basics of this is what I'm going to talk to you about, you know, then I'm going to tell you all about that. And then I'm going to tell you what I told you, right? Like the three basic elements of sort of setting your audience up for success, like, oh, thank God Greg is prepared, right? That puts my audience at ease because my audience usually comes in going, what's going to happen? What is he going to talk to me about? Is he going to put me on the spotlight? Because I don't want that, right? Like, is this safe? And if they see I'm prepared and I'm telling them transparently what's going to happen, then that puts them at ease and suddenly we get closer. Yeah, I love that. So hooks can be anywhere from 
thinking about who who are you and how you can get more of that out, framing it for the audience. I love that. Asking a question. It can be a joke. It can be a, a cat meme. If, the, if you're into cats, right? It can be any of those things to get the audience like, oh, this is interesting. Um, something different. My son did a presentation on something at school. I think you helped him with it, Greg, because you came into a school and uh, he had a terrible start. And after you worked with him, he came up with a Ted Lasso you know, meme that football is life uh, from Danny Rowe. Life is football. (laughs) And, uh, and immediately his, his, the panel of teachers that were looking at this, you know, relaxed and laughed and he could laugh because that was so much a part of, a part of him and his internship. So it could be that it could also be, um, you know, I have to say this still, I have to remember this in my meetings with folks and I had planned a you'll probably remember this, Greg, I had planned my team a three-day retreat for our staff. And, you know, they plan it to the T where I'm like, okay, and I'm really kind of, my day is the first day in terms of what I'm going to do, the stuff that I want to get across to people. And I have lots of different things planned, right? And the a real lesson for me And was that at the end, we always ask for a survey of like things that people liked the most or things that we could have been done better at or what they remember. And the one thing people remember, this was a couple of years ago, I have a bunch of folks that work for me that are drummers. And I said, hey, after the break, when people are really tired and not paying attention, it's impossible to get them back after lunch. I said, I'm going to pretend that I'm starting this conversation on goals. And immediately our staff, if we are doing goals after lunch, they're going to be like, oh God. (laughs) Instead. So I said, I want you to come out and just start like drumming. Right. And then we'll, we'll get to a crescendo and then we'll come back down and then I'll move on, but it'll get everybody's attention. Right. And what happened in that moment that was so funny is that people thought that I would, because I kind of acted like I was surprised that it happened. People were like, I can't believe he's just coming in over her. Like, how rude. I can't. And there's, you see this combination of people that are laughing. There's some people that are like jamming out to the music. And there's some people that are like scared for me that, that this guy's disrupting, disrupting my work. And then more people started adding and people started going on their desks. And then I started... Because he said to me, he goes, Chrissy, if we're going to do this, they're going to be worried about you. He knew that. So he said, at some point, you have to get into it. So as soon as I saw that happening, then I started dancing and getting into it. The whole room erupted into this like big drumming moment. Okay. It was probably five minutes, seven minutes max from start to finish. At the end, I could go into whatever I was doing. People were listening. Let me tell you, people were listening. So anyway, we go through three days of different interesting things that we were, I thought that we were doing. Do you know what everybody talked about? That dang drumming moment. Everybody was like, that was the best. That was this. I said, oh my God, we did it. We hardly prepared. It was five minutes. But that moment, because I think it surprised them and shocked them and they didn't know what was happening. And of course you can't do that all the time, but there's that element of surprise that was a hook in a time of the day where they needed something you know, else. And so that was a real lesson for me of like, wow, I got I to gotta think more. I got to be more creative in how I think about these things. And when you think about it, everyone's listening to you when they haven't heard you because they want to know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you like it's worth thinking about, like, how am I going to open? And then how do you make that as real and authentic and surprising as possible? One other thing, Greg, that we found that worked, as I saw this woman do, and so some of us do it in our meetings, is that you can bring in a box to your president very carefully. Maybe it's beautifully wrapped. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just 
beautiful black box and you put it down the whole time people are like what's in that box <laughs> right and you're presenting and that box is just there and then eventually you got to open the box right so something in that box at the end has to be related to what you're doing and it can be funny it can be whatever or you can just leave with the box and then be like oh what you guys wanted to know <laughs> what was in here because people are looking at that thing going why did he bring that up there anyway we have found that to be really fun and like have things that are used in that box right we've also had people have use amazon boxes with a post-it with numbers on it so it's, it can be really simple you know what you do but just something that piques people's interest so they're listening to you going how is that prop going to be used you know it's that famous you know, Anton Chekhov, the playwright, uh, the Russian playwright member, he said, if there's a gun on the wall, it's got to be used in the third act or something. Okay. I know I probably misquoted that. So you can write <laughs> all the Chekhov fans out there. Tell me in the notes section. But basically he said, if there's a gun on the wall, it's got to be used by the third act or something. And the same thing is true. If you bring a box or something, don't bring a gun. But if you bring a box into uh, or something special like that, a prop, you've got to somehow use it at some point, but it can pique interest. All right. So we got the hook. What else? What's the second element? So integrate story, I think is huge. And, you know, there's a lot of data on this that you know, story is 22 times more effective than data alone. And how are you telling some stories that are going to really demonstrate either your effectiveness or your team's effectiveness or whatever it is, it's going to show a little piece of vulnerability that is going to get you closer to your audience. And it takes a lot of pressure off me, the speaker as well, because stories are fun and we tell stories all the time. And so I'm always thinking of like, what are some stories you could tell um, that are going to highlight some of the things you want your audience to get uh, about you and the team? Yeah. And they have to be short, right? Because yes. you, you've got to really practice them. The other thing is, if you want to know more about story, we got a podcast for that. There are other episodes that we have on the power of story. So if you want to know more about that, please listen there because we'll give you some whys and some hows on being better at storytelling for business. Okay. You know, and, and just one more thought on the story piece is this is like, if you have a difficulty that you've come across, right? A lot of times people get engaged by, by difficulties or by hardships that maybe you faced and that you figured out a way to overcome it. So you're telling a story of, well, this was presented to me and I, I wasn't sure how to move forward on it, but then working with X, Y, and Z, we came, we brainstormed and came up with some solutions and it ended up being the best you know, best outcome possible, but specific, vulnerable, those kinds of things are going to really help your story uh, telling and, and you have a chance to practice all the time. Great. Another element is you said death by meeting at some point, I think in the last part, but this is death by PowerPoint. And so visual vitality is something we work on. And that really has a lot of specific elements to it. But the bottom line is, you know, your deck, your PowerPoint should never be the best part of your presentation. Uh, and if it is, that is a losing situation because you want to be the best part of your presentation. The deck is there to help you and your audience connect and move forward together. That's what it is. It's really your visual storyboard of what you're telling folks. And you're trying to make that as engaging and easy to digest as possible. That's why those slides with lots of writing and tons of things is, are terrible. 
terrible because I cannot look and take that, read that, and listen to you at the same time. Impossible. And so you have to keep it simple. Use contrast. One word, few words, an image, right? Those kinds of things are way more impactful than too much on a slide. Oh my God. If people take that away, if they take just that away from this, it's a win, people. You cannot go less than 24 point font, okay? For us old people, please, God, no less than 24 point font. And the words and the, the pictures should be bigger than the words on the page. So, so true. So true. Now, if you're very nervous, PowerPoint is a great crutch to help you. Right. If you're very nervous and I tell some folks who get a little bit tongue tied when they're up in front of folks, use your PowerPoint to keep you focused and to keep you on point. Um, But the better you get at it, less on the PowerPoint slides, more on you. I love that tip, Greg. And you got to you're making me think because then folks get up and they they kind of just read their slides. Never read your slides. I mean, you're going to read your slides, but the most important thing is to be with your audience. Mm. So I work a lot with people because they're just doing their presentation the way they did their presentation alone in their room or in front of the mirror. And I'm like, the audience is the most important factor. If it's one person, if it's at 250 people, you have to be with them and connect with them. So if I am looking at the slide, I'm picking it up, but I'm coming back to you. And I'm connecting with you from what I'm sharing. I'm picking up my thought. Oh, and then I'm sharing it with you. And I'm seeing how you're responding. Oh, I see a head nodding over there. Thank you for that. That makes me feel like something's getting through. Boom, we have audience connection, right? And suddenly it brings energy. I felt so cared for, Greg. Just that. I just felt so cared for as your audience there. So thank you. Oh, you you did? I did. When you just well, went back my and audience. came into me as your audience, I was like, yes, he's interested in me. Yes. And I want speakers to be connected to their audience. That's like number one priority. It doesn't happen. Yes. It doesn't happen enough. And how you practice is how you perform. So if you practice, a, you know, alone, quietly reading your slides, that's how you're going to perform. So you've got to do some of what Greg was just doing, where you're getting your body into it. You're looking away sometimes. If you're nervous about that, they have a clicker. So you don't have to keep, you know, going for the enter button on your computer when you're up in front of people. Like there's some, I love what you said, visual vitality. I'm not sure I've ever heard you say that. That's a VV word. Visual. V V squared. I love that. That's memorable. (laughs) Visual vitality. I think that also has to do with what you wear, right? Because you're part of the visual. So if you're up there, do not wear really distracting clothing. You have to think about, unless that's part of your pitch, right? Unless that's part of your pitch. But it has to be that you're thinking like, okay, what do I want to present? Who, what part of me do I want to present? And how do I do that? You know? Yeah, it's so good. I I know we're running short on time. There's two more. We're not going to be able to get into the depths of these two. Obviously, we do tons of work on these alone. But the next one, Christine, is train your instrument, which is like the epicenter of making presentations 
impactful. So, and it, I, I always ask, like, who plays an instrument? Uh, I do. Okay, what do you have to do to get good at it? I got to practice. So our instrument is our voice, our body, and our mind, and our energy, right? And so how are we practicing every interaction? We talked about this last time. Every interaction is an opportunity to practice our voice, the way we communicate, the way we express ourselves authentically, the way we make mistakes and bumble and then and embrace that right audiences love mistakes i mean honestly we're scared to make mistakes but they can become our best moments if we embrace them and so learning how to use play this instrument effectively and express the energies i have into the text into the content that i am sharing is an art form most people push it down because they get nervous and then it gets implode it implodes and then i finish my talk and i'm like shaking and i'm like what where where did all the energy go it, it was terrible right yeah. because i i don't know how to invest that energy that nervousness that that energy into the presentation yeah it's like we want to be perfect we want to be perfect and then it's kind of like it's our biggest downfall instead of just being real right prepared but real yeah perfect is the enemy of of great right yeah, let go of perfect and let's just get out there and bring our, like you said, our best selves to the that space, whether we make a mistake or not. And, and we, we, we've, we're prepared so we can just deliver it with staying connected to our audience. Love it. What's the last one? It's just getting in the zone. So that has to do with training your instrument too. But that, that visualization, I think I shared one, one of my clients had done that visualization, that meditation prior to going on, on in front of the CEO. And it really grounded him and helped him center his breath. His breath had been very high. He was very nervous. And, and so he was able to lower his breath and he was able to go in and slow himself down. Everybody speaks faster. When they get in the spotlight, that's one thing 100% is going to happen. You're going to start talking quickly because your your energy is nervous, right? And then you start to eat words and people can't understand you because you're going so fast. So slow down, breathe, and be with you and the audience and your presentation. And then suddenly things start to things start to fall into place. So getting in the zone is, is, is something you know we really work on. Yeah, and you can use, we've seen people use music, use meditation, use a breathing exercise, use some yoga, use some a punching bag. Like if some people have to do the opposite of us, I mean, you and I have a lot of energy, we get a little nervous and we go fast. Some people get nervous and their mind goes blank, right? Or their energy goes really low. And so they need to pump up their energy. So sometimes they have seen people use punching bags. I've seen people use dance. No one has to see you do this. You just go in the bathroom beforehand, you know, in the stall. Do not mess with what works for you that you want to add on to that. Like what's working for you? If you look at your presentation experience history, what's worked for you? Keep that and then build on it right? And just keep getting better and better every time you walk into an interaction, every time you walk into a spotlight. When you were a pitcher, Greg, and played baseball, did you have a little, I know baseball players are known for like their prep work right before they go. Oh my God. Did you have a little routine or something you did to get yourself in the zone? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, so I was a pitcher and so I would visualize being on the mound and doing my wind up and, you know, seeing the ball move into the catcher's glove and pass the hitter, like the, the positive vision, the same way I do a visualization before I step onto a stage in front of a thousand people, I actually sit behind and I visualize the audience 
and I visualize them seeing me and wanting me to do well, to bring my best self. And that relaxes me because it helps ground me because I'm like, oh my God, they're on my side. They're on my side. And then I'll step out there and I'll feel that energy. I'll connect with them. Hey, 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 ho, hey. And then suddenly (laughs) we're connected and then I'm rolling and I'm able to, you know, do that piece. But Again, do not forget the audience. They're the most important element. I love it. Greg, you are so great. I could be here with you all day. Uh, Dr. Shammy, the uh, doctor of delivering dynamic uh, presentations. If you want to know more, go back and listen to the previous podcast on the why. Uh, We will work on some more episodes related to this topic because I know that there are even more tips and tricks of the trade that you guys are going to want to know about to get better at this because it's so critical and also so much fun if you do get better at it, right? It's fun to do this. So anyway, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Christine. Just on that fun note, every time someone has gone through it, the delivery, right? Dr. Delivery, I like that. The delivery, after they've gone through it, they're always like, what? That was amazing. I can't believe I did it. And if they've trained and they got themselves to a place where they could go in intentionally and deliver what they had practiced and bring their best self to that, they feel phenomenal. Yeah. And you'll get the good feedback from your colleagues, your team, your, you know, your company, your, your clients, all of it. And that feels pretty good. So thank you everybody. We will see you next time. And if you're enjoying this, please follow us for more of these episodes. We really appreciate you and your comments and your listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback or how to navigate performance conversations with ease, and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sale is open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.